Welcome to Inside the Athlete's Mind, the podcast where we uncover the incredible stories, wisdom, and experiences of athletes from all walks of life. I am your host, Martinique Delport. I'm a passionate advocate for the world of sports and the incredible human spirit that drives athletes to achieve greatness. This podcast is all about going deep into the minds of top athletes, competitive athletes, and even the everyday heroes among us. We'll explore their stories, share invaluable advice, and get to the heart of their experiences, both on and off the field. Together, we'll understand the mindset that propels them to their personal best. And that's not all. In our bonus episodes, we'll unveil the secrets behind peak performance. I am thrilled to be on this journey with you as we build a community celebrating resilience, dedication, and the extraordinary individuals who make the world of sports an inspiring place. So sit back, relax, and get ready to explore inside the athlete's mind. I am Brendan Doherty, co-host today, um, and we have Henrik Jutevik, hopefully yeah. I pronounced that correctly. <laughs> really yeah. good. Um, lovely to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, we're very excited to have you here. Um, please just do a brief introduction of yourself. All right. My name is Henrik. I'm from Norway, 32 years old, uh, and a competitor in CrossFit. I've been competing in CrossFit since 2018. And previous from that, I've been doing many different kinds of sports. But it got me definitely more interested when it was all these skill movements. And after 2018, I was just like hooked. Uh, on the side, I work as a personal trainer and what we call the napropath in Scandinavia. Uh, translation to English is Doctor of Mental Medicine. So treat people with pain or muscular or skeletal pain. Now, just moved to Bali to start my digital business, helping people online with rehab and performance. Perfect. Um, so tell us, how did you get into the sport of CrossFit? Um, always started with a friend who gave you some challenges to try. Uh, but the first workout I did was the seven. Uh, so I googled the hardest crossfit workouts and the seven came up and I saw Rich Ronin did it and he did it like 120 each round so I was like okay let's try 120 let's go and the first round and it was 123 so I was like okay this is easy seven is seven rounds with seven different exercises really heavy um, and I couldn't complete round three because uh, <laughs> I was out <laughs> I was hammered uh, so after that I realized oh I actually can't do this properly and that is what triggers me when I'm, there's something I can't do and especially when it comes to body movement so that had me intrigued and started my journey slowly towards CrossFit. And Henrik, uh, what were the sports you did before CrossFit? Uh, mainly f football or soccer depending on which country you're <laughs> listening <laughs> from, uh, also ice hockey but in general many movements so we have a sport in Norway called all sports so you join there and you try different sports every week so was also into gymnastics until i was seven or eight so that's also my background but previous to crossfit i did a lot of movement training so handstands calisthenics and either brutal like more into the body movement training but missed the muscle part so that's why i started with crossfit 
I bet you found that the gymnastics training was super useful for CrossFit, yeah? Definitely. The body awareness and the handstand is the best tool I will give to understand your body blinded. All right. Well, that is very interesting. Um, please tell me, what does mental resilience mean to you? Hmm. That's a good question. Mm. I only have good questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so many thoughts that comes up. But firstly, in sports, it's about enduring probably what your body and your mental capacity want to tolerate. So uh, it can be done in smaller forms as well. It's only about you getting or improving what you wouldn't think was possible and still be able to finish it. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of victory afterwards. It's definitely increasing it. But the further you go, the further the distance to the goal. So the, the energy and things you put down today and every day you're not sure where you're going to get with it, but to really trust that you put your right mindset to it, you will get it not like an end goal, but it's not just in front of you. So you will make it in two hours or two weeks or two months, but actually one year, two years. And that sort of resilience is what I think is trainable. So you're just pushing that limit like for every goal you put. And is that something that you've like feel like you've had your whole life, or is that something that you needed to train yourself? Oh, definitely train myself. Um, in CrossFit is probably the skill that trained me the best for it, and CrossFit Games definitely. When you're not sure that you will even be on the start line, you're not sure if you'll be injury free. There's so many components that you're not sure of, but still you have to put down the work every day and in the future just cross your finger for this is the platform where we're going to succeed and again pushing the barrier for a longer period next time yeah wow that is um that's powerful <laughs> <laughs> um tell me how do you mentally prepare prepare yourself for training days because we don't always have good training days and sometimes we're not really in the mood to train either so when you get up in the mornings how do you mentally prepare yourself to just you know go to gym get get it done yeah that's definitely something i had to practice when training wasn't only for fun it was also like work and for me myself i'm very um sensitive to all other people's energy so uh, training at crossfit oslo which has like 20 top athletes training twice a day there's so many people around you uh, and especially pushing you to the right uh page where you want to be but also so many people around you that for a sensitive person you cannot uh, comprehend with it all the time so it's about going into that bubble and I had a lot of mental training with especially Christian Holte, which is the uh, best Norwegian crossfitter and second bestest woman on earth, who taught me of, if you're into the crossfit bubble all the time, you will get so fatigued. So we had meetings of when you go to the gym and the second you open the door, you're in your bubble. That's the second you turn on, you're doing the task that you're supposed to do. 
you finish everything, logging them, and the second you turn or open the door and you're done, you're really done. You don't go home, you don't think about all the stuff that you did wrong, did not do wrong, or because that you, you're done with it. So you can close the bubble. And I think that's really healthy because especially for people that train CrossFit and work at a CrossFit box or as a personal trainer, there's so much stimuli, so much load on the body, all the music, all the people. So it's so he healthy to have boundaries within the sport. It's like now I'm in it and now I have to separate myself from it. And that's definitely something I would yeah, think is a healthy thing to think about. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> that's incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting. And can you talk us through the process of getting like mentally into the state of mind where you're like, I may be going to the CrossFit Games, what I really need, what is that I need to do? Like how long did that last for? When did that start? You know? It gives me the goosebumps just to think about it. <laughs> um, no, that was definitely the goal for this season. And again, you can't... You're, you can't predict it because it's not only you and it's not only your team and there's so many components. But to really <clears throat> imagine yourself going to the CrossFit Games, the only thing I knew was that getting there, you get to this uh, locker room where there's your name over the door and there's a box with just clothes for you for, I don't know, a lot of money. And you can look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I did everything to be here right now. And that is what, what the only thing I can like almost visualize. Because what would happen at the games, I could not. But I would know that I would put every or my energy to get to that moment where I can look myself in the mirror with a name on top and like, I fucking did it. <laughs> so yeah, that was my visualization or for this goal, especially. <laughs> that that gave was... me <laughs> <laughs> uh, So you like knew that this was going to be the case, that your name was going to be there, and were you like visualizing that like six months before? And yeah, because yeah. earlier on competitions, uh, I've been to competitions and not felt hundred percent, and then look myself in the mirror like, you know why you don't feel hundred percent? It's because you told yourself you would do this and did not fall through. <laughs> And of course, you cannot fall through the program 100%. And we also talked about that a lot. Sometimes you have to listen to your body because your body is not always 100% ready to go. And that's one component. But if you regularly not disappoint yourself, but don't do the things that you told yourself you would do, then you will look at yourself in the mirror and say, I did not do everything that I could do to be here right now. And that's that was a feeling I really wanted to put to look in the mirror and know know that I have done everything I could. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is incredible. Um, I think we sometimes forget to do that just to like kind of hold ourselves accountable for what we want um, and what we really want to achieve. Um, I would like to know that when you're having bad training days or when you're not feeling yourself when you're training what what goes through your mind and how do you kind of talk to yourself to get yourself through those training days get yourself you know through those bad training days or the days that you're just not feeling yourself how do you get through that 
you first had to put things in perspective. Um, one day is definitely allowed to have a bad day. And, you know, after tomorrow, you will feel different. So that's one thing to just put perspective and know that this is not a feeling you feel, feel forever. But definitely had those days. And again, that taught me to show that my highest values, which is health and training, almost, always isn't the best things or my highest values when it comes to uh, the work part of it. Like you want to go home, but there's still th stuff to do. And in some part of I'm a perfectionist of feeling the movements in my body, the body-mind body -mind connection. But also I had to learn, like, I don't want to do this, but I would just turn off the switch, almost like you look yourself in the third person and just do it. You would not think. And looking at it now is definitely something that strengthened me as a person because in life there's definitely things that you would not want to do, but it will take you to your goal. And in that case, you have to look yourself in perspective and just do the thing. Don't put too much emotions to it and if that's every day for a longer period maybe you're into something wrong if that is something you experience um, sometimes it's normal and I heard on this podcast an Olympic athlete gave a good perspective of it it's like you can divide into three parts if one third of your training is like perfect loving life everything is good I love it that's really good and then you have uh, one-third that is like oh today was not today was okay i uh, did all right i'm happy and this is last third which is like oh fuck this is not going well everything is shit i will not say everything is bad but you should at least expect some days to be like that because whatever it will be whatever profession or what you put your mind into you will experience those days and that's where you have to put things in perspective definitely or that helped for me. Yeah, it's good to know that like every day you're not going like, oh my god, I'm the best. You know, no. nailing it. Like it's that's a it's you know it's a whole variety of experiences. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. So you're talking about how so yeah, Enric's a, a doctor of manual therapy, medicine, so manual medicine. We call it yeah. manual medicine. Yeah, and kind of a two-part question one is just how do you balance the training and your work mm -hmm. and also how has your work um sort of brought and you know is that is that really helped your training to get to the crossfit games mm. um definitely the work training balance is hard and from all my friends as well they, it's really hard because you're not able to work 100 percent, and then you definitely have to decrease the training volume and not working 100% and still be able to pay the bills and live in the dream of a CrossFitter. Uh, many people doing that work every day, and I think it's really um, admirable. Mm, but you definitely, uh, again, to the balance of it, slowly increasing the volume, because if you're not used to it, that's the biggest goal, like to slowly increase. Because what I see is the biggest issue, people do too much uh, and they're not used to the load. So uh, if you want to compete or train twice a day, slowly get into it. And that's maybe my advantage 
as my education is about how the human body works and really know when my body tells me to rest and tells me what to do. So I think that is one of the reasons I've been injury-free for most of my training life. But definitely uh, with that load, the body is not made for training twice a day, uh, eating that much and only focus on training. So uh, it definitely has its risks, but that's why it's really important to listen to your body. Can I just drill down into that a little bit? Because you have so much like experience here. When you start talk about listening to your body, what are the the clues that you look for? Like, what are the things that the yellow flags, the red flags, or the green flags? Yeah, um, and that is what I think is also the hardest part to teach my athletes because you go in, you have this program, and you would just want to get it done. But the screening which is where you listen to your body. Either you have to like sit still and ask it, how are you feeling today? And your intuition will tell you, okay, you feel sore here, you're tired here. And as a crossfitter, you're always sore, so that's <laughs> nothing new. But uh, do the movement sc uh, screening. If you feel like, oh, this is the fifth time in a row, I feel my wrist is not able to put on the load on a handstand walk. Okay, what am I doing different? What do I need to do different here? So if there's things coming up, many days in a row, there's definitely something you have to look, you have to look into. Um, if it's just one day, you can give it one day and see how it works the day after. And that's especially for me, but this is really individual. People, Some people that I know are really good at hammering through that wall every day, but for me, it's still important to have a body at the age of 70 and feel like a world champion in that age. So... And also think that it's really important to not push too early because mm -hmm. if you love this sport, you're going to mm -hmm. enjoy it for many years and definitely enjoy your body to be able to do whatever you want for as long as you live. So just be careful if you feel a cessation for many days in a row, listen to it and do something about it or change it or ask someone for help if you're not sure what to do yourself. I have a, a good question because I know you guys competed so many days at the CrossFit Games. Mm -hmm. um, your body was probably pretty broken. Mm -hmm. How did you, on the last day of competition, how did you kind of talk yourself through actually, you know, just going to the events, completing this whole experience with your body, potentially feeling like it needs a whole year of rest? Uh, I was a bit surprised, actually. One, I would say I peaked my form really good. So I was so happy with that. Felt amazing and PR'd all my, almost all my lifts. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So my coach, shout out to Joachim Rigg, who did a really good job. Uh, but also, um, when it spread out on all those days, it's different compared to like a weekend. Because I'm, I'm definitely more tired on a Sunday if it's only a two days competition because it's so intense and you're yeah. in this bubble all the time during games you were able to go out rest, rest and you had like many hours from the last event to your next event so I felt the last day I was, I was feeling better than I do regularly on a competition which is only on two days so that was a new experience for me as well I thought I would be dead but I felt really good it's only almost like the mental toughness of oh, eating the same thing and yeah. staying in the rhythm. But that is part of being there. 
Yeah. Crossfit Games athlete. Which which brings me to this question. Crossfit Games athletes has to eat a lot of food, right? Yeah. How do you mentally get yourself to do that? (laughs) I will definitely say this is the hardest part of my training, to eat enough. Because I had to eat between 4,000 and 4,500 calories a day. And I I would not just put anything into my body. Again, uh, my body tells me what I want to eat. So uh, going back to the meeting I had with Kristin, we discussed the week, how I was supposed to plan it and make the different uh, or food prep. So Monday to Friday was like home, make food, uh, go to bed, relax. And Tuesday, Thursdays was my social days. But then I had to plan uh, on Wednesday to make an extra uh, meal prep. So it was all about the meal prep. And if you were able to do that, I always had food available. If I was not having food available, I was always hungry. And uh, as a crossfitter, your body starts screaming the second you're not getting your proteins or carbs in. So definitely getting a good structure of how often you need to eat. Everyone is individual here. But also how much you need to Uh, get into the volume you put in so for me i have many friends that's really good at this subject so i had a good spar with them and they said this is the amount you should be at and those days those days i did that i felt amazing those days i didn't i was uh, exhausted so huge difference um i want to did you want to say something first all right so um i want to know when you walk out on the competition floor, mm-hmm. where's your mind at? And how do you kind of get into the right mindset to tell your body, listen, it's time to compete now. Yeah. Um, how do you do that? Oh, it's the best feeling. Um, what you really learn after competing for a couple of years is that getting nervous is the best thing that can happen. Because if you don't get nervous, you will be lazy. Your mind will not be 100% switched on and you will not uh, performing your best so getting into that state where like of course there's different levels of ner- nervousness if you like throw up and you feel nauseous and everything that's horrible but um then i usually use breath as my method i've been using different kind of breath methods for over th- 10 years and one method to like get into the zone and one not to like get out of the zone many different ways so focus on really concentrated deep breaths is what I do before competitions. And especially now with the teams, there's always someone who is more nervous than you. And then you feel the responsibility of taking care of the group. So that was also a really nice experience of being in a team compared to like only individual. But different ways of breathing to control your nervous system if you want to ramp it up or if you want to slow it down is definitely my go-to then. So, yeah, like it's obviously breathing is getting more and more popular these days. Yeah. Um, talk us through exactly what the, the, <laughs> the yeah. pre-competition breathing is. So Yeah. yeah. So um, I combine uh, some sort of Wim Hof breathing with Andrew Huberman's uh, double inhale uh, method because the double inhale makes your th- the third part of your lung, which is we don't use that regularly, to get the oxygen as well, but the Wim Hof really produce a lot of oxygen. There's different uh, theories about 
Wim Hof's uh, methods regarding oxygen and carbon dioxide. But for me, it really ramps up my um, nervous system. So I really, <laughs> I feel so fired up and at the same time also in control. So I do like double inhale, exhale. And depending on how close I am to the competition, if I really feel, oh, now I'm too much, I want I take my breath down. But if I really want to ramp up, it's bigger inhale and longer inhales. So again, it's that getting into that sweet spot of not getting too much, not feeling too low, but now I'm ready. Let's just smash it. I so. think you're going to appeal, appeal to a lot of people here. They're like, do I choose Wim Hof? Do I choose Andrew Huberman? Yeah. And they're like, I'm the best of both ways. Yeah. Uh, there's many good um, practitioners out there and who can back what they're talking about uh, with studies as well. But always find your method around it and make it yours. So that's definitely something that works for me. Can I just um, just continue on the breath for one second? Yeah. You mentioned that there's the other sort of side of the coin where the people will say that if you breathe less or through your nose mm. and slower that you're going to retain carbon dioxide and therefore release more oxygen from the hemoglobin. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I'm actually going into that part right now uh, with into free diving, which is I will definitely do it because of the uh, breathing, but also because of learning how to calm yourself when you're like at below surface 15 20 meters which i think is like what <laughs> uh, but then i learned that these hyperventilation methods is not the best for your body and oxygen's levels are um, increased but also uh, less oxygen goes to your brain that's why you feel nauseous or maybe headaches so that got me curious like okay is this the right method now when should i use it and then there again, after doing different methods for 10 years, I know how to regulate my system and how if I need more or less of something. But definitely got now introduced to the more slow breath to increase oxygen level much more compared to only hyperventilating. So um, definitely... Uh, so would you, like yeah. with that, what you would try and do to increase... It sounds like you're in a, like a trial stage of it, but yeah. it's like... When you enter the games, for instance, and you're training for that, you weren't trying to hypoventilate or just... No, more like calming the nervous system down with getting a lot of oxygen inside. Okay. But um, not the Wim Hof, but the combination of the double inhale, but with control. Yeah. More aggressive double inhale, I will say. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. <laughs> It's really interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really interesting. We'll do an ep a special episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so on on competitions, you guys potentially have bad events and you have great events. Mm -hmm. um, talk me through how you get through those bad events, mm -hmm. and then where's your mindset at when you're having those great events leading yep. into the next event? Yeah. Oh, it's I. Uh, think the same rule can be applied here because if you had a bad event you definitely want to go through what was not the right things to do but if it's between 30 minutes or one hour to your next event you shouldn't go too much into detail about it you give yourself a time estimate of 
this is how long I'm allowed to be angry, frustrated, or mad about this result. And then you're done with it. Of course, it's really hard to like put this straight line now and done with it, but you have to. And the same applies to if you win an event or if you do really well at an event, but you're still, you're not done. If you give yourself this time, this is how many minutes I'm allowed to really feel this and or enjoy this moment and then I'll be back. So uh, same rule, how long are you allowed to be frustrated or really hyped about this event and then move on to the next because you will do all the debriefing and details later. Yeah, so, so you'd, ba- you'd basically say that this bubble you have when you're training, you have the same kind of bubble when you're competing as well. Oh yeah, definitely a bigger bubble. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I try to be as balanced as possible in daily life, and I think I'm balanced. But talking with people that don't train or do the CrossFit, you're like, man, that's not balanced enough. I totally agree. <laughs> a top athlete lifestyle is definitely not balanced. It's not. Um, but during competitions, it's like this is what I work for every day. I will be the weirdest guy in the room if that is what I have to be because I'm in that bubble now and nothing can stop me. So that bubble definitely gets more solid during competitions. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've wondered this a lot that, you know, I think people at the top of their game and particularly in athletics and sports need to have a, a, an obsessive side. Like mm. just watching the... David Beckham in oh, yeah. Netflix, like that guy is obsessive. And I think to get to the top of your sport, yeah. I feel like there is potentially this this part of the personality that someone has. And I think, I don't know if balance exists. I mean, be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I'll find it hard to say that balance ever will exist because there's always something you will focus more on than other. And then you're like, oh, I've been doing this for quite a while. I've forgotten this. And that is everything from family, your adventure side, uh, mental, physical health. There's so many sides or slices to that cake. And there's always someone you will prioritize more than other. So uh, I find it hard to like be able to focus on everything at the same time. And especially for a top athlete, it's worse or the balance is worse because you have to put so much effort into one thing but that is also what i learned during this period that if i put all my time and energy into one thing wow that's more than i was or more than i thought was capable of doing so for me as a generalist love to do all things at the same time just putting it into one thing and doing that 100 has really taught me what i'm capable of doing yeah, that's really good. It's like you can, you can, you can kind of have a lot of lo- like things that you really want to do in life, but when you really want to go for something, you got to put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, like you just got to go for it. Yeah, and that, as you were talking about, is definitely a lot about personality and the uh, support you have around you as well. So it's not that easy always, but if you have the right support around you and you're clear about your goals and you're enjoying the moment. I say let's go yeah good stuff um well we've got to ask you this question while we're on the the personality side <laughs> have you had any um have you had any troubles with men like your mental health or at times or any like really low moments or moments that are too high or <laughs> yeah definitely 
Um, as we were talking just about before we started as well, um, before we, or we put this team together in December and in January, I ended my, um, what is it called again? Um, and then the engagement <laughs> with my ex, which is, uh, for me, maybe one of the hardest things I've gone through in my life. And then still be able to meet up and do the work that is required. That was definitely a tough challenge, but again, CrossFit's in many ways helped me because then I had somewhere to be. I my mission was clear, and I also had a team, so it's not just about me. So I could quit. I had to meet up for them as well. But for a guy who's happy 99% of the time to show up and not feel anything just empty that was really hard so I found it really hard to enter the room and my eyes was just shut and I didn't want to say hi to anyone but people just came over and gave me a big hug because they saw that something was happening and I was again really good experience of understanding that you're allowed to have bad days and then your friends really shows up that they're there for you. So uh, <laughs> speaking of community, CrossFit has a great community in that way. Definitely. Yeah, that's good to hear. I was going to ask how you got through it, but I think you're saying that it's, <laughs> there's the people around you that really helped you out there. Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah, the CrossFit community is definitely something special. I think, um, yeah, I think... If the CrossFit community has helped plenty of people get through some mental health stuff. Um, would you say that it would have been a bigger struggle for you to get to where you were if you had to go through all of that and kind of had to do individuals and you didn't have a team to support you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I learned during this season that I'm more team player than individual player. And I would also say... Many can probably relate to having been doing a sport and uh, warm up the wardrobe uh, routine. Like everything is a social thing and you're not just training together, but you're doing the same thing for the same goal. So I really have a big respect for people that compete individual because during the competition, you're just anxious most of the time. Not, not everyone, but it's a lot on your shoulders and now you're able to share it. Again, if you're the guy who puts the team down, it's also a tougher decision or a, something to go through. But that's what I learned now, uh, that I'm able to really complete stuff no matter what I'm going through because I know I have that determination or discipline if I set my mind to it. And I also now want to show that I don't, want, I don't have to have other people around me to make me do that because now I've seen with other people it's definitely possible but also now only uh, if I was the only person here would I still be doing it and that is my next goal to show for myself yeah um, yeah going back to the start it was interesting when you said when you can't do something you want to do it is there anything you can't do <laughs> <laughs> oh tough question uh, <laughs> good question <laughs> 
Let's see. Um, when I got here, I had three physical goals that I really wanted to do, and that's surfing, uh, learn to be able to stand on one arm, and what is called flaring, where like a break tensor where you throw your feet around in the air. Other than that, I think I could do everything. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's a lot, but the physical part, I love the challenge. So um, now embarking on a new challenge like one arm handstand, it's so hard. And just getting beaten down every time is what I love because I, I know what I'm good at. And I am not that good at knowing what I'm not so good at. So getting that uh, honest <laughs> slap in the face every time you fail a physical movement, I. Uh, I would not say I only enjoy it, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. Physical mm. teacher. Um, would you have any advice for athletes that's struggling with a mental block? Let's say on a clean or a ring muscle up or any mental blocks that they might have formed through their journey to kind of get through that? Mm. Yeah, this is this is hard because I don't think it's only about the exercise it's about your self-talk because even in my team we had the best olympic lifter for a crossfitter and still her was struggling with her self-confidence in lifting and i was so surprised because you're the best in our country and not even you feel confidence in this she was like no and we did a lot of talking about this because I could not wrap my head around it because the results, well, how come you don't feel like this? And that is why I, I will not say it's only about the movement. It's a, not if it's just a clean or a ring muscle up. It's how you talk to yourself and how you build yourself up uh, either before the situation, during or after the situation. And I... Again, there's many stories to tell, but one story I really uh, like is the story from a tennis camp where the best players were gathered from different countries. And at the end, they were told to get, do 10 serves. And the Swede, he did like nine of the 10 serves, was like perfect. And there was like one server, uh, one, you say, guy from Serbia? Yeah. He did one perfect serve, but nine was out. And the thing is, like, which serve do you take with you into the wardrobe? The Swedish took the one that he missed, and the Serbian took the one that he actually got in. And the moral of the story is, like, today he's uh, Djokovic, the world's best server, or the world's best tennis player, and he's put his focus on what he actually did good. And you have to have a lot of belief in yourself sometimes on the edge of like feeling too cocky about yourself because there's so many ways that you could pull yourself down and if you can draw out the things that you did well of course it's important to think about what you did not do well as well but in the end like what was good about this day what was good about what i did and that again doesn't just apply to training and this exercise but life in general i think so which surf do you take with you home is the moral of the story. Oh, wow, I might have just learned something there. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I think um, I think this podcast is just for my personal use, <laughs> making me a better athlete. <laughs> Definitely. Um, 
yeah thank you for sharing that um would you say that if you go home because you're kind of when you have your training and you kind of close that bubble off do you still when you get home kind of focus or kind of reflect on your day's training or do you just completely shut that off when you leave the gym no it's not that easy it's definitely like you go through the videos uh think about next day's training um you're still in the bubble of like unbalance because there's so much of your time devoted to it but you have to structure yourself to put or do something else because i think you will come back as a better athlete if you're like with clean sheet and not too much again emotions or thoughts or not the separation from session to session so yeah structure your days like you have a good separation between the sessions just mentally or at least mentally Mentally. Mm. um yeah i think that's quite important because we we tend to go home and kind of reflect on everything that we've done throughout the day and usually we get stuck on the negative things that we couldn't get um walking into the gym the next day and kind of still remembering oh shit i didn't get this yesterday yeah so that's uh that's pretty powerful if you could give advice to an athlete that's trying to get to elite level what would that advice be first of all depending on the age and their background but Everything is about being able to do the same thing tomorrow and the next week and probably the coming months. And if you do too much that you will be set back to an injury or that you lack focus or the inspiration for it, that will put you a bit back. So also in CrossFit, you see so many people slam those workouts every day. And it's really only six to nine percent that we should be in that intensity or some five where you like really go through the wall, which is not that much when you see how much we actually train. So again, for me, I think it's like everyone knows this, but it's so much easier to have a person from the outside look at your schedule and just go through it. So it's in theory applicable for you. Uh, and you have a long-term goal that is also good for your body so you're not getting injured and what i like best is if you have a clear goal and that's all you really want you should just go for it and i love all the effects that then you will prioritize sleep you'll be more efficient in work or other relationships so i love to have or work with athletes or see athletes where they just spark up and they have something they really want to work towards, but just have someone monitor monitor it in the beginning to see, okay, you're on the right track and slowly build up because it's a long journey and you're not alone. There's many people fighting for those spots. So yeah, just know that you're going for uh, not just this week or the next week. It's a, it's a long battle. Um, well, along <laughs> that line, yeah. if there is one person that you could speak to um, in all of the world of sports yeah. and gain all of their wisdom, who would oh. it be? 
That's good. Mm. First of all, I think of someone that's a role model for me. And then <clears throat> it's not just about being the greatest at sport because I think like Tiger Woods would be amazing. But not to put anything down from Tiger, but it's maybe for me too obsessive or it went too far at some point. But now just gone through David Beckham's documentary on Netflix. Uh, he's a person I've been admiring my whole life. And also the calmness he showed through the worst period of his life. And how he's able to carry that and protecting his family. And not just every, so many other people would just yeah, fall down and lose it. So uh, probably meeting David Beckham. I never thought about this. But uh, yeah, definitely David Beckham would be awesome yeah yeah i think this documentary has <laughs> impacted a lot of people definitely yeah, so he came up one. he came to my yeah absolutely yeah. incredible all right well thank you for sharing all your wisdom and insights with us um really happy to have you on on this episode and i have certainly learned so much um so thank you for being open to sharing that with us it's really incredible i think you're gonna potentially help so many people um so thank you for doing that really appreciate that thank you guys for having me and bringing me back to all those great memories mm -hmm. uh so thank you yeah i think you're um you're like your the way you approach things and your balance mm -hmm. and the balance your balance of balance and obsessiveness <laughs> is amazing and um like the i really respect also that you want to keep your body i'm an older guy so like <laughs> you know you want to keep going until you're 70 or beyond it's really impressive yeah thank you wish all the best for your next competition <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks looking forward to it and that's a wrap for today's episode of inside the athlete's mind i hope you enjoy delving deep into the incredible stories and insights of our guests don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode filled with inspiration and motivation if you found value in what you've heard, please consider leaving us a review or sharing our podcast with your friends and fellow sports enthusiasts. Your support means the world to us and it helps us build our incredible community of resilience and dedication. Remember, greatness starts with the right mindset and our podcast is here to guide you in that journey. Thank you for joining me and I look forward to welcoming you back next time as we continue to explore inside the athletes' minds.